but it's always been good for today. What year did you first come out here, sister? 96. Oh, yeah. What a year that was. <laughs> it was a year I quit Unisys and went full time. And, and the wheels came off immediately. Did you have anything to do with that? I just want to know. Good even time. 96. That's 24 years ago. 24 years ago. But who's counting? Come on up. Always good to have Janine here. I used her one time when we had a, I'll take a little story here. Uh, we were starting to meet, uh, meet with all the preachers of Andrews for the first time. And, uh, there was a guy, a Baptist guy. I'll just mention it that way. And he started reading some, some books and stuff about, you know, God doing miraculous things. And, uh, I got the reputation around town for ruining that guy because we started believing in miraculous things. And he was talking about some book he'd read. Uh, about God chasers. And, uh, did he go to your church? That dude that wrote God chasers that split the altar? I met him once. Tommy Titty? Yeah, I met him once. Yeah, anywho. And he said that he wrote, he read this book and he said, uh, you know, uh, Moses did something that he thought that he thought no one saw. But there was a God who sees all. And he called him out. I said, I spoke his name. I said, would you like for me to bring a minister out here who ministers in that realm? He speaks out things that, that only God sees, no one else sees. And this guy agreed to it. So we had, I used Janine's deal. I said, we had a lady here one time. And I use that word in a general sense. This lady. And she prophesied. Can you believe it? A prophecy lady. And we had a bunch of people from a halfway house. We're the knuckleheads. Uh, we've got some of the, some of the, some of the uh, alumni of the halfway house here. It was our first wave, which was, God help us, I'm surprised we survived it. And they all came into church, and she stood one of them up and said, you have a cross on the wall. It was not given to you from God. And you have some cassettes in your, in your, in your drawer that you need to get rid of. And I spoke to this guy, I said, you know, preacher guy, you know what? There was either a cross on that wall, or there wasn't. Guess what? There was a cross on the wall and cassettes in the drawer. And we had a real hoedown in the Lord. Would you like to bring someone out who ministers like that? And they, they said, yeah. And we had all the ministers, well, not all, but majority of the ministers of Andrews, of every denomination, Catholic, Protestant, of every sort. And they came out here on a Monday night. Everybody was parked behind the church where you couldn't see their cars. Kind of like Thomas. You missed my point. Anywho, and they and Mike Bolton came out here and he prophesied to every single one. The first one he prophesied was that guy I spoke to, and gave him point for point the sermon that the guy spoke the, the day before. That's what prophets do. There's either a cross on the wall that was not given to him by God, or there wasn't. Well, uh, don't want to set you up for failure or anything, sister. So this here is Miss Janine. Let me pray for her real fast. Lord, we love this lady, and uh, we thank you that you are fulfilling all your promises. And she is one of those, Lord, that when we don't yet say it, she will prophesy the rest of it and stick that into our hearts. And we know it's from you by the way that you use her, oh God, and this wonderful, wonderful heart that is in this woman. Thank you for her, God. We receive completely the ministry of a prophet. In, the, in her, we receive it and give you the praise.
and all the glory. Now do what you want to do, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I have a nephew who um, has a friend and um, who runs a nonprofit. And so he had a bunch of little Debbie cakes. I feel I need to explain them in the kitchen. And um, he was going to throw them away because nobody was taking them. And they're good, but he was going to throw them away. And so Dwayne, Dwayne and Russ's favorite word is free, y'all. And so they looked at each other and they went, well, we'll just take him Andrews. So 90 cases in the back of, was it, wasn't it 90? It was a ridiculous number. It filled the back of his truck of little, little Debbie's. And so, um, Will found out yesterday they were his, um, for the youth group to sell. Um, so God is, so I expect all y'all to buy a dollar a box, little Debbie's. But that's just an indication of God providing from places that you can't, you, you don't see and you don't understand and you don't expect. You're going to see a lot of suddenlies this year, a lot of things that you didn't see, a lot of things you didn't expect in the previous year. If, um, I'm jumping ahead, but if you, um, I don't know when a year that's been harder than 2019. I mean, goodness. Weren't you glad for January? <laughs> Weren't you glad for January 1st when it became 2020 and you went, survive that? I mean, deep breath, thank the Lord, bless. The best thing you can do when you leave a season and you enter a new one is to bless the previous season. Regardless if you have it in you or not, regardless if you feel it or not, you bless the previous season and enter into the new one, Lindsay. That's the only way you do it. You don't have to feel. The awesome thing about God is he's not waiting for you to feel it. He's waiting for your obedience. Obedience always comes way before the feeling. If the feeling ever comes. Sometimes the feeling never comes. Let's turn to Exodus. 17. We're going to talk about the Amalekites today. Exodus 17, 8. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Now I'm going to stop for a minute. Men, it's it's a season for you to be men now. It's a season for you to have dirt under your nails. It's a season for you to step up and do some fighting. Women are tired. The women have done a lot of fighting. I mean, they just have, Larry. We're, We're intercessors. We have We have pounded. We're tired now. It's time for the men to learn to fight. I'm just telling you, this is the season for men to learn how to fight and to smell. It's really good when a man has an outdoorsy, nasty smell because he's been working. He's been doing a job. Okay, that's my little for free. Um, Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with a staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heaven. And Moses built an altar and 
called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Now, if we had a name for the previous year, we would name it Amalek. (laughs) I'm just telling you, we would name it Amalek. It'd be like 2019, Amalek. The word Amalek means, the name Amalek means worry and toil, exhaustion, and a strangler of the people. Couldn't you call 2019, Connie, Amalek? Because what didn't exhaust you strangled you. And what didn't strangle you wore you the plum out. Now let me tell you what Rephidim means. Because they fought at Rephidim. Rephidim means place of rest. So they fought in a place of rest. You will never enter a place of rest until you battle your Amalek. And, in, and the battle will never belong to the Lord until you do. You have to enter into a place of rest this year. And that means that you have to battle what worries you, what causes you stress, and what exhausts you. And there comes a time when you have prayed enough and you trust God. I'm, t- I'm telling you from somebody who prays. There comes a time when you pray enough for them and you give them to God and you say, Listen, I have prayed for them enough, God. I'm not praying for him again. It's not that it's not a place that don't don't mishear me. There's people that I do pray for, but I pray for different I pray for different situations in them. There's some people I'm not praying for your craziness one more time. Hear me. You've you made a choice. Your craziness has you've made a choice to be in your craziness. I will pray that God meets you in your craziness. Because he will. But there comes a time when we trust God with the outcome. So we have Aaron and her who held up Moses' hands in the midst of the battle. This becomes a generational thing. We have to allow the younger generation to hold up our hands. Because sometimes we just get tired, Pam. We just get tired. We don't have, I'm learning a new job at 53. Let me tell you, Jody, it's different learning a new job at 53 than it is learning it at 23. It just is. I mean, my wheels still turn. They just turn at a slower pace sometimes. So sometimes we just need your help, y'all. And we need to allow you to help us. We need to allow you, be willing to hold up our hands sometimes. When God called Moses, when God called Moses, he, um, I need that staff. There's a staff. Do you mind? Thomas, staff. Yeah, I just, I need that one. Give me two. Yeah, give me both of them. I meant to bring it up and I wasn't sure I was going to use it. Okay. You know, I love, I love to use things that you can see. So when God called Moses, Moses was just a shepherd. I mean, he was minding his own business. He was taking care of his sheep. And when God called Moses, he said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? You can look it up. What do you have? So I'm asking you, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Because some of you have things that you're holding on to that you have held on to for way too long. So Moses' answer to God was revolutionary. He said, 
I have a rod. That's what he said. Isn't that awesome? But you know what that means? Moses was authentic. He said, listen, God, all I have is this gnarly stick. That's all I got. And God said, you know, I can do something with that. God can't do anything with your hustle, y'all. Can't do anything with your hustle. Jacob wrestled with God. He never hustled him. There's a big difference. People who have that hustling thing are not honest. I know that upsets some of you because I'm going to pray for the hustling thing later this evening. Um, But you have to be ready to let it go because God can't bless your hustle. And he won't bless your hustle because you'll think it's you. So God's looking for authenticity this year. He's looking for you to look at him and say, God, all I got is a rod. All I have is a piece, is a stick. Because God's response to that is, oh, I can do something with that. He's looking for you to be authentic and honest this year. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There's never a time he does not come to steal, kill, and destroy. He always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Paste that in your hat. He never comes to bless you. So whenever, because we have this thing now where we're afraid to judge. Doesn't bother me at all, Rick. I sleep, let me tell you, doesn't bother me at all. Because if something is stealing or killing or destroying, you cannot attribute it to God. It is the enemy. And let me be the one to tell you that we are to judge fruit. We are to judge fruit. We are to judge the fruit in your life. Look it up. So when the fruit of something, Michael, is to steal, kill, divide, or destroy, it is not God. And I have no issue standing in this pulpit telling you it is the enemy. Do not play with it. And let me just step one more step. There is no Disney ending to this. God is not going to look at Satan and say, you know, we had a good run. It was kind of fun going back and forth. Why don't you just come on up here? Larry, there's no Disney ending. Satan's job in your life is to kill you. So when you decide you're having a dark moment, when you decide that you're giving into the darkness, do you know you're giving into Satan? That's why prophets get really testy with that. Because we're kind of black and white. Because I know he does not come to help you. Your darkness that you play with is not here to help you. It's here to destroy you. Do not make a mistake. You get help this year. Because what you have is a staff. What you have is a rod. So while I'm stepping, let's step a little bit more. Some of you are mad that you have a rod. They are, Larry. Some of you are really upset that God only gave you a rod, Josh. You know? Maybe this is the rod God gave you. It's kind of plain, square, knobby on the top. Maybe that's the rod God gave you. If you want somebody else's rod, you have to repent. 
because God only gave you. I have a philosophy in my life that has served, served Russ and I very well. God gives us what we are to have. And there's moments when I'm asking God for something, I'm praying through something, and out of my mouth will come, God, you give me what I am to have. You are my daily bread. So you provide my daily bread and you give me what I am to have. And if it's you stretch what I have, but I believe you're my provision. And I believe he's my provision because he gives me what I am to have. I am his child. Now that does not mean that I don't pray for provision and I don't pray that our bills are met and all those things. It means I believe God guides my life and he gives me my daily bread. So if you have an issue, we're going to minister a little bit during this message. So if you have an issue with the rod God gave you, you have to stand. Because I'm not going any farther. We're going to pray for you. One. Thomas, you got to stand, babe. Lindsay, you got to. I'm going to start calling you out. Lindsay, you have to stand too. Um, who else is going to stand? I know it's not just those two. Will, ch- up. Who else has an issue with the rod God gave you? Who else is even upset that the God gave you the rod that he gave you? Who's upset that God gave you that? Yeah, Michael, you got to stand up. Who's upset that God gave you the rod that he gave you? Come on, people. We're going to repent. God can do something if we just, it's, it's a whole lot easier if you repent now. If you repent now. So I want you. I want you to raise your hands up. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to raise your hands up. Father, I want you to pray with me and I want you to repent. I don't, you don't have to repeat after me, none of that stuff. You're going to repent for not... You're going to repent for being angry at the provision God's given you. You're going to repent for being mad that he gave you the rod that he gave you. You're going to repent for being jealous of somebody else's rod. You're going to repent of entitlement. Baby, you got to, you got to break off entitlement or it will consume you. And you're never going to have enough. And you're always going to be short. So I want you to repent. Father, we just repent. you got to start praying because it's going to be a long service otherwise. We're going to, Father, we just repent for the times when we have looked at somebody else's rod and said, I'm jealous of what you've given them and that you, can, you didn't give it to me. Father, we repent for the times we were angry with what you gave us. We repent for entitlement. Father, break off entitlement off of each of us in the name of Jesus. Father, break off jealousy off of each of us. Father, we forgive, we, we choose to forgive ourselves in the midst of this. And Father, we ask that you forgive us as well, Lord. Forgive us for falling short. Forgive us for not being grateful. Oof, that's a good one. Y'all need to be grateful. So, Father, we are grateful for what you've given us and the portion that you have given us. And, Father, we call it enough, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, you can sit down. Thank you. So let me tell you what this rod Let me tell you what this rod represents. Because if I asked, if I took a poll, and I won't take a poll because I'm the one with the mic. Um, (laughs) If I took a poll and asked you what this rod meant, you would tell me it's authority. Because that's like the good thing to say. It's authority. Mm -mm, That's not what this rod represents. This rod didn't represent authority until later on in their walk. When all the 12 tribes of Israel, each each of the leaders got a rod. That's when it represented authority. This represents when the Red Sea was parted. Moses held out his, st- his stick, and God parted the Red Sea. That's what this represents. And they walked through on dry ground, which was another miracle. It was a twofer. This represents 
when Moses held out his staff and threw it down and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh was like, that ain't no- that's nothing. And his magicians threw their staff down and it became serpents as well. But Moses' serpent ate the rest of the serpents. That's what God does. That's what this staff is. Moses stretched forth his staff and hail fell from heaven. Moses stretched forth his his staff and locust filled the earth. That's this staff. Moses stretched forth his staff and hit the rock twice and water came out. That's this staff. So you want to know what he was holding up? He was holding up everything God had done for them. Every, Every miracle that God had done for them. That's what this staff represented. When he held it up, the the fighters were looking at it going, oh, I remember the Red Sea. Hit him again. They were holding up the staff saying, man, I remember when we were thirsty. And I'm not saying they were kind of thirsty. I mean, they were really thirsty. And they held up. And when Moses struck that rock with that staff and water came out, that's what this staff represented. Let me tell you, your staff represents everything God has done for you, Michael. Every time you thought you were going to be alone the rest of your life, that's this staff. Every time you thought God wasn't going to give you kids, that's this staff. Every time you didn't think God was going to put you in the ministry, that's the staff. And you want to be upset that God's given you a stick? Baby, you got to remember what God's done for you because that's what gives you courage. Satan wants you to forget the times that God has done stuff for you. you got to remember what God's done for you. Because if you don't remember what God's done for you, you, will, you won't know how to pray for what you need. It's also take up your cross and follow Jesus. That's the staff. The New Testament's take up your cross and follow Jesus. So the staff also represents the cross. Represents the cross. I'll lift up the cross any day. So verse seven, verse 15 says, Moses built an altar and he called the name of it, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. The voice says, the voice translation says, the eternal is my battle flag. Moses built a sacred space. He built an altar. You know we're afraid of sacred spaces? They make us nervous. They make us feel naked. A little bit. They make us feel undone. Oh, I love sacred spaces. I love them. Because that's the nearness of God. And whatever he sees, I can fix. Whatever God speaks to me, I can fix. Because God's still telling you there's still hope. You can still fix it. Come to me and ask me how to fix this. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. So he called it Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Let me tell you what God is doing in this new church. I gotta get my notes out because I was going through my sermon in my bedroom last night. Which if you don't do, you really need to. If you speak, you need to go through. I'm telling you, you just preach it three or four times in the bedroom or the bathroom. It makes a big difference. Um So let me tell you about your new sacred space that God's creating. Turn to Genesis 26. And God gave this to me for free. I didn't even ask him. He's funny that way. 
Let me tell you, God moves you from a desert, from a, this building, God moves you from a, a racquetball court into a sacred space. Now, we have made this a sacred space, but we are moving to a sacred space. Gary, there's an organ. I'm so excited about the organ. Because there is something about a sound that unlocks heaven. Um, when Russ and um, Dwayne and I went to church, we sang, we sang some, <laughs> they were singing hymns. And I just was standing there crying because of how good the hymns were and how rich they were and how it was just so, it was just, wasn't it just so comforting, Dwayne? It was like a warm blanket of the goodness of God. And they were hymns. It's a sacred thing. And I'm not saying we're moving that direction. I'm telling you, don't be afraid of sacred places. God's moving you to a sacred place. So Genesis 26, 19. But when Isaac's servants dug, servants dug in the valley and found there was a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek because they contended with him. Then they dug another well and they quarreled. Over that also, so he called its name Sitna, and I don't care if I'm mispronouncing them, and he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it, so he called its name Rehoboth, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. That is the scripture for your building. Now the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. For now it's a season to begin digging old wells. Now is the season for you to begin to look to dig what was dug and, pl- and, and filled up by the Philistines. Now is the season to begin to dig. If there's any, any group of people that know how to dig, it's got to be here. It's got to be here. Y'all know how to dig. You've been digging for oil. Let's dig for some water. Let's go to a place where the well has been stopped up and let's dig, redig the well. Let's redig that well. That's where you're moving to. You're redigging the well. Because let me tell you that, I, from what I understand, that's an old church, if not one of the oldest churches in town, which means it started because somebody had a passion for this area. Somebody had a passion for people to know Jesus. I don't even care about the theology differences. Because they, they wanted people to know who God was. And we can join with that. Can we not join with that? So let's redig that. Let's move in and redig it. God's moving you from a place without any flowers, without any water, to a place where you can see the water from the front door of the church. Shanna, you can plant flowers. You can't plant flowers here. You can have things that grow there. God's moving you from a desert place into the promised land. Are we going to miss this building? Yes, we're going to miss this building. Absolutely. We had lots of good memories here. We've had weddings and funerals and baptisms and all sorts of things that happen here. And yes, we're going to miss those things. But I can't stay in this place and miss what God's doing. You can't stay in this place. You have to go where God's moving. The cloud's moving. Time to go with the cloud. Let's redig the wells. That's what I heard in my spirit over the church. Ooh, redigging the well. I thought, oh man. We are in the oil industry. We know about digging. We can do this. That was a good word. I was all excited. 
There's two different, when you have name, when you have the names of God, there's two different things that happen with, when you study the names of God. One of them is that, um, God calls himself things. You'll see where God calls himself this name or that name. And then you'll see in the scripture where other people give God a name. And that scripture, that comes out of revelation of who God was and who God is. It's a part of his character. Abraham named him Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Gideon, Jehovah Shalom, God is peace. This came from a revelation of who God was. David, Jehovah Rohi, God is my shepherd. Moses, Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. Now let me tell you what a banner is. It's a battle. It, it's a, something that gives you courage. It's a standard. Boy, there's a word we need a lot more of in life. A standard. It's a standard. This is what I'm fighting for. This is my standard. I was driving to work and I was having issues. Because I'm a... Sometimes you just have issues. I do. I don't think Susan has issues, but I have issues. And... Out of my mouth came, I am raising Jehovah Nisi. He is my standard. The Lord is my banner. I will not raise this banner in front of that. And you know, Holy Spirit just went and settled. Some of you have raised, do you have the flag? Do you have your other flags, Lindsay? Green or the, yeah, whatever color. I, yeah, bring them up. Let me tell you that you're raising you're raising flags. You're raising a, a standard every day. They're every day. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You can just lay it right there. So let's call this one. Let's call this one depression because it's gray. And it's kind of gnarly on the bottom. So let's call it depression. Do you know when you decide that you're not going to get help and you're not getting healing for your depression? Do you know this stands in, you know what flag you're raising? You're raising this one. You're not acknowledging Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. You're saying, this is my banner today. Which is why I've started praying, I am raising Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Isn't that good, Nora? That's good. What banner are you raising today? Because you're raising something. You're raising something. Maybe it's... There's times... My husband says this, and I have to agree with him. I mean, not just because he's here. I would agree with him if he wasn't here. There's times my husband husband says this. People's problems become their hobbies. People's problems become their hobbies. So when we decide that we find our our identity in the drama that surrounds us, instead of making a boundary, we're raising this in front of Jehovah Nisi. And we're saying that banner, Jehovah Nisi, is not enough. William, can you grab that Christian flag and... um, just stand. I want to unfurl, then I don't want to have to hold that in a mic and another flag. And I'm low on hands at the moment. 
And I'm, I'm showing this to you because a visual gets you to get it, to understand this is what I'm doing in my life. I'm saying that, that this you are taking Jehovah Nisi, and I'm using the Christian flag because that's, that's who we are. And that is our standard. That's what we raise, that's what we raise. That is our battle cry. And, and so many times we have taken what the enemy gives us or comes against us with and raised it in front and said, we are fighting for this now. You see the difference? We're fighting for this. See, I have dark, I have dark times in my life and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give in to them and I'm fighting for this. So I'm actually fighting for my depression. I want to be depressed. I want to be depressed because I know how it ends. I know that I can eat whatever I want to. I know that I get sympathy from Susan. I'm teasing you, Susan. I know that um, I get on the prayer chain. That's a good one. I know that um, people pay attention to me. I get attention because I have the dark stuff in my life. I'm hiding what God, I'm hiding Jehovah Nisi. And I'm giving this, my battle cry has now become the enemy. You can call it whatever you want to. You remember back when Lake City about 10 years ago? Phillips brought a word that I have made my giants my friend. That's it. Yeah, that is what happened in the United States. Yeah, it's, it's very, it, God was really dealing with me about this whole banner thing. Because, let me tell you, your heart will show you this year. People are going to see what's in your heart this year. You can't hide it. Other times you've been able to hide it or you've been able to gloss over it. Let me tell you, what's in your heart is coming flaming out of your mouth this year. Flaming out of your mouth. And if it doesn't come flaming out of your mouth, you can look at what flags they fly. Y'all got to watch what flags you're holding up. How about that flag? How about, how about anger? How about anger? See, when you choose to get angry and lose your mind, you're flagging the, you're, you're putting this in front of the Christian, in front of Jehovah Nisi. You're saying, I have a right to be angry. Michael, look at me. You look at me. Pay attention. I have a right to be angry. No, you don't. You don't have a right to be angry. Let me tell you what God said when I got out of the shower one day. He said, Janine, if you feel like you have to punish, you haven't forgiven. Steve, that went through me. I like punishing. I just have to tell you. If Russ, if Russ does something, he's so quick to, Russ does something. If I do something, that's so funny. If we have a disagreement, he's quicker than I am to forgive. I'm just going to tell you, he is. He's quicker than I am to forgive because I feel the need to punish sometimes. I just do. I mean, I just do. And I got out, and it doesn't last very long. It doesn't last very long. Do you want to add to this? He kind of, no, you, 
There's times when I feel the need to punish. And let me tell you, it's not God and it's wrong and it's unforgiveness. And you need to stop it. You need to stop it. And I'm serious because we live in such a time that you don't understand what's going to take your life. That's how serious we are. So this ministry time felt really intense when I was getting ready for it. And it was like, I can't, this is really intense. And I was arguing with God about it on some level, Pam, but you can't. Nope, here, don't look, I mean, look at me, just stand there. See, women sometimes control, sometimes control functions in us out of fear, out of anger, out of, um, it's mainly fear and anger and a lack of trust. Um, and so we, we just can't do that. But men, you can't control either. It's not okay for men to control either. We have to trust. We have to trust each other. <laughs> That's bad. That's funny. So the Song of Solomon says, He brought me to his banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. For love waved as a protecting and comforting banner over my head when I was near him. Do you see, Jehovah Nisi is a loving, comforting banner. It's something that he's, he's waving love over us. His banner over me is love. You can, yeah, you, okay, good. Um, Psalm 60. Psalm 60, verses one, oh God, you have rejected us, broken our defenses. You have been angry, overstore us. You have made the land a quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches for, for its totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that makes us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you that they may flee to it from the bow. The amplified version of verse 4 says, But now you have set up a banner for those who fear and worshipfully revere you, to which they may flee from the bow, a standard displayed because of the truth. Man, couldn't you take verses 1 through 3 and say, Man, that was last year. Whoo, that was last year. Some of us walked through some really hard things last year. But God is saying here, I'm raising a banner for you to run to. When you're scared, to run to when it seems overwhelming. I'm raising the banner for you. I'm raising a banner of love for you to run to. It's a banner of truth. Boy, if there's a time we need a banner of truth, it's now. Boy, is it now. He wants to raise, he wants you to raise, choose to raise that banner over yourself. So that you say, listen, this is my standard. This is what I live for. You'll hear me say this a lot. You'll hear me say this a lot if you hang around with me a little bit. We are Christians. We do not do that. And sometimes it just catches people off guard. But I have had to say that to myself sometimes, Larry. I've had to say, we are Christians. We do not do that. We are Christians. We do not flip people off. Don't flip people off in my car. You will not like the result. If I'm riding with you, we're Christians, y'all. There's a standard. There's got to be a difference between us and the world. We're Christians. We're Christians. We don't use language that curls people's hair. We're Christians. 
We have a standard of truth. We don't lie. We don't hustle. We're honest. We do what we say we're going to do. And we do it every time. Our word is our bond and what we say we do because we're Christians. We have a standard. We have something that rallies us and gives us courage. Haven't we needed something that rallies us? It's felt like, it's felt like sometimes the Christians have just been here and yawn and all over, you know? But we have a cause. We have a standard. We have a reason. Because my Savior died on the cross for not just my sin, so that I could know him and being a relationship with him. So should he not receive the reward of his suffering? Somebody wrote that to me in an email, and I thought, okay, I'll just be sitting over here in a corner. And it has so sat with me. God, may your son receive the reward of his suffering. That's the flag that we fly. The reward of his suffering. That's why we do what we say we're going to do, and we do that every time. That's why we give without expectation of getting back. That's why we take care of business. That's why we are who we are, because we have a cause. The reward of his suffering. Let's just sit here for a minute. The reward of his suffering. Father, is there not a cause? Father, we've watched so many movies when they, every movement has a flag. And we've watched so many movies, Father, war movies, when the flag comes up, God. And it rallies everybody. Father, even in Lord of the Rings, when when he takes his staff and he says, you shall not pass, and he pounds it down. Oh, Father, that's such a God thing. I know it messes with people too that I think that. Such a God thing. Because, Father, give us men. Give us men who take their staff and pound it into the ground and say, you will not pass. Give us those men. Father, give us David's mighty men, Lord. Because David's mighty men weren't fancy. They weren't even trained. They were just good old boys. Father, give us them. Father, give us David's mighty men. Father, that will take the what is in their hand, the rod that you've given them, and, and pound it in the ground and say, this is my standard. This is my jumping off point. This is my boundary. You will not pass. You will not have rain in my house. Give us those men. Father, give us those women that will take the rod in their hand and say, I will not allow this in my house anymore. And pound it in the ground and say, I will have a holiness in my house. Let me tell you, if you break the law and you've done crazy things and the law's looking for you, don't come to my house. I'm calling 911 and turning you in. Because I have a, I have a holy house. I will have a peaceful house. You're not staying in my house. You do something crazy, I'll call him myself. Because I have a standard. Y'all, we have a standard. There's a reason why we're Christians. Because Satan is nothing but a liar. So every time you say but, when you're talking to somebody trying to explain something, that means cut out everything I said before that, and this is what I actually think. Ooh, that was good. 
Father, give us those women who take the staff and say, this is my standard. I will take what you have given me and I will do something with it. You all, God can do something with nothing. This is just a stick. All Moses had was a stick. And he stretched it out and the water parted. Give us that. God, give us that. Let me tell you that um, there's nothing like when a man prays. I love it when a man prays. There's anointing when a man stands in his place and he prays. It just makes everything in me just calm down. When Russ and I were dating, um, we were driving... We went to Canyon City for a date, and we were driving back, and I needed to sleep. I was just tired, and I couldn't calm down to sleep. It was like an hour and a half. And he just put his hand on my knee. didn't say anything. He just put his hand on my knee, and I just I slept because it was a peaceful thing. It was Russ saying, listen, I got this. I got you. Everything's okay. Women, feel a touch of your husband and be at peace. You cannot have that peace if you're trying to control things, if you're trying to manipulate and control. But feel the touch of your husband and just be at peace with it. Nothing brings peace like a man who knows God and just touches you and is like, you know what? I know you're losing your mind a little bit now, but just be at peace. 